he's now Wajima Lacquerware walking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I prefer to pronounce it Wajima, but that's just me. Hello, I'm Mark. I'm Justin. We're the J-Pops. And we are Attempting Parenting in Japan. Welcome to episode 63. We've made it. <laughs> We're here at the Milestone <laughs> 63 episode. That's 9 times 7 to, to the audience Big out there. 63. Yeah. Anyway, uh, today we're going to talk about some summertime safety tips and keeping your toddlers. We're going to call them toddlers, right? I think so. I got a toddler. Yeah, yeah I think a toddler is a, is a good name for this age group. So, yeah, are toddlers safe in the sun and heat? Yes, but sir. But first, some updates. So, how are you guys doing, Justin? Uh, we're all right. I was going to announce as an update, by the way, that I think Nico is absolutely a toddler. I mean, he is left crawling behind. And mm. uh, I haven't seen him crawl in a long time now. Uh, wow. He's, he just toddles. That's all he does is toddle around. Is there a lot so, of falling? Uh, yeah, but nothing painful. Like, he can... He takes calculated falls, like he can get his hands down to catch himself, or he knows oh, to okay. land on his butt or whatever. So there's no big accidents, or he doesn't smash his face or anything. That's good. Uh, so yeah, I think all the uh, all those skills kind of come as a package, I guess, as they're figuring out how to do it, mm. and uh, doesn't hurt himself too bad. Nice. But part of the um, the the toddling that he can do is that Nico can officially fetch now. Ooh. And uh, this came as a total surprise to me. I hope I didn't talk about this already, but I was sitting I on the sofa so. with him and I said, hey, if you want to watch Muppets, go get the remote. And the remote was across the living room at the television. Wow. And uh, when I said, get the remote, he looked over at the remote and then he walked across the room, grabbed the remote and walked it back to me and handed it to me. And we watched Muppets. Do and, you think it was because yeah. of the Muppets? Like, do you think he put that together or was it just the you requesting the remote? I don't know. I don't know how much of that he put together. I mean, I know he knows the word Muppets and he loves the Muppets. So, and he has mm. certain Muppet videos that he wants to watch every day. Uh, so that's a motivating factor. I don't know if he understood like the cause and effect of the remote turns on the TV and the TV gives us Muppets. But gotcha. um one way or another, he went over and just did exactly what I asked for. It's amazing to see them put that amount of stuff together yeah. you know, mentally. That's so, um, yeah, we can do stuff like that now. Like, you know, give this to mom, give this to dad, go get that, bring me that. And he'll do mm. that sort of thing within reason. And he gets sidetracked a lot. I think he's like kind of like a puppy who's like sort of learning to fetch stuff would, you know, yeah. maybe bring it halfway and then walk the other direction for some reason. But uh, it's definitely a new thing. You know, the first thing that jumps out at me here is that you just leave your remotes lying around willy nilly. Yeah. Like he doesn't go mess with that thing and start chewing on it. Uh, he wouldn't chew on it. He will get it and he loves to press the buttons and turn on the TV. He can do that. Okay. Uh, but he, he can't do much beyond that. So okay. uh, there's and no you just let like go to town on that thing. Just off and on, off and on. Yeah, pretty much. I had this thought before because sometimes he'll get the AC remote, you know, and yeah. then he'll turn it on. And then I'm thinking like, ah, uh, you know, it's not really hot enough for the AC and I don't want him like 
you know, costing us all the electricity or whatever. And then I realized if I could pay an amount of money to keep them occupied, I would be willing to pay more than the AC cost. And so <laughs> it's fine. Go hog wild. That's your toy now. Play with the AC. I just don't care. Nice. So, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, he doesn't do anything too wild and he just likes to push buttons off and on and, and that's about it. Okay, that's fair. I think I get so worried about it because there's so many settings. Yeah. Like if he starts going into a menu and then he's like changing like different things but not realizing it because you can't see it on the screen and suddenly you're just like, what happened to everything, dude? Yeah. <laughs> so I, we, I keep those at a, at a good distance. <laughs> yeah. We did lose access to all broadcast channels for a period. <laughs> but... <laughs> I just went back into the menu and did the, you know, new TV setup channel scan and we got him oh, right okay. back. No problem. Nice. And he nice. did change the volume on his great grandmother's uh, telephone fax machine, you know, that every Japanese person has. <laughs> they have a fax oh, machine right. telephone with house. And uh, he got in there and changed some of the volume settings. And she's an she's an 88, I think, 87. So oh. she needs everything to be really loud. Uh, so he sort of ruined her phone for her. And then uh, his grandmother, her daughter, of course, had to drive back to her house two and a half hours and set up the, the phone fax machine again for her. So it's Does caused some trouble. the I fax suppose. machine as a phone then? It's just a Is phone. It... Yeah, it's it's like Mitch Hedberg said, like, uh, I... <laughs> <laughs> is, is it an oven or is it a clock that occasionally cooks something or uh i don't have oh, a smoke detector but i do oh. have some double a batteries that are slowly draining it's like one of those things so yeah it's it's a it's a really big boxy phone right right okay nice um anyhow uh the other big milestone that we reached he's in his 17th month i should say he can hmm not only blow a kiss but he can actually kiss wow so that's a huge thing he can if you say give me a kiss and point to your cheek he'll put his mouth on your cheek and go ma like that like kind of the, <laughs> imitating the Mwah! kiss noise do you guys uh, the do that with him a lot did he pick that up from you oh we kiss him all the time we uh are always kissing him on the cheek so i think we're saying it doing it and then he put it together okay. And uh, the blowing the kiss, I don't even know where it came from, maybe at the daycare or something, but he can just put his hand on his mouth and make the same kiss noise. So he's got his kisses down pat uh, here at 17 months. That's fun. Mm. And um, a couple other little things. He had another round of vaccines a couple of days ago. They gave him two shots in the same arm. Not exactly sure oh, why. Really? Yeah, I don't know. They were like an inch away from each other, but um, he handled it like a young man. Uh, he cried as they they were injecting him, but then quickly dried up and was fine after that. Oh, nice. Uh, much to my chagrin, the saving grace of the whole situation was Anpanman. Because oh, like no. at his daycare, there's a lot of Anpanman stuff and he loves it. And <clears throat> then the um, pediatrician had Anpanman. So he was just locked in. Like, I don't get this at home. This is awesome. And then <laughs> he quickly over his injections, he was fine. Uh, nice. And I think uh, his most impressive word got added to the list in these last two weeks. He said the word orchestra the other day, and I was proud. <laughs> we were watching Sesame Street, and on Sesame Street, you know, they're showing kids playing instruments, and then they showed all the kids together. 
And I was saying like, that's a violin, that's a trumpet and so on. And then finally they're all together. And I was like, that's an orchestra. And he just laid out an orchestra. <laughs> wow. Was super proud. It was wow. maybe not, maybe not that good, but he was definitely saying it. So he's just a big repeater now. Wow. Way to jump to so high level. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. But he's a little that's... parrot, you know, he just, if it's got maybe three sounds at max, he can spit it back out. That's cool. Nice. Yeah. So those are all the updates. That's my update roundup. How about uh, Coda and Emma? Nice. Um, pretty good. Actually, yesterday we had a uh, a pretty good accident for Coda. Oh, we've been doing kind of a uh, like family bath style where we're all in there bathing, and me and Moe will take turns like watching him and playing with him. But I had gotten out early to. Mm-hmm you know, kind of dry off and get changed before they came out. And I guess Moe was rinsing herself and Coda, as he does, doesn't pay attention before he's like standing up or crouching down. Mm-hmm. And he crouched down, I guess, really fast because he wanted to grab something on the floor, but there mm-hmm. was a chair in the way and just Aww. smacked his upper lip on it like Ooh. nobody's business. And we got some good blood out of that kid. Oh wow. That's yeah, wild. It ruined two towels completely blood soaked. And wow. yeah, just a whole lot of panic from me and Moe for a good while. Yeah. That was my first question was like, did it feel like, oh, you know, he just busted his lip or something, or did it feel like we need to take him to the emergency room? What's going on? No, no, no. I think I felt like when it happened. I think I've seen a lot of busted lips in my life. So I'm like, oh, he just like knocked his face, but this is going to hurt him because this is his first time. Yeah. And this is a lot of blood. He's never experienced this before. So I was Mm -hmm. like, you know, he's going to be a little shocked. Moe may have had that. Do we need to get stitches feeling initially? Yeah. Uh But I think after she like, you know, kind of kept pressure on it for a little while and used the cloth to kind of make the bleeding stop. And then once, once it was done she i think she felt a little bit better and less panicky about it yeah that's good that's um the type of thing that uh i mean babies are just wild cards everything they do is like without a lot of thoughts um but i feel like coda as i've said before is a real man of action he just goes for it all the time he really does it scares the shit out of me dude oh yeah (laughs) yeah he's he's now turned the couch into a play thing and mm-hmm. dude oh my god he'll like he'll get himself up on one end and then he'll just crawl darting to the other end just flopping all over the place like to the end to the back cushion back to the edge again and i'm just like oh god i'm i can't even watch <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah luckily i mean any kid could like teeter and fall at any moment but in yeah. general like Nico's disposition is just so standoffish and he just wants to watch things and then take uh, it all in. And so he doesn't go totally full speed ever really. And yeah. uh, that alleviates a lot of that worry, I think, but I've definitely yeah. seen Coda just go a hundred miles an hour before. And I think that's his default setting. I think that is, he's not walking yet, but we do like assisted walking a lot where I'll hold his hands mm-hmm. and 
you could see it sometimes like i'll be holding his hands and he'll see something across the room and suddenly he'll just want it mm-hmm. and so he'll kind of start running and i'm like dude you can't really walk yet just keep it slow <laughs> and he's like kind of running yeah. and pulling me across the floor but half tripping himself so i'm like pulling him up and he's still running so i think i think his default setting is just go for it yeah i feel like that's going to pay dividends um I mean, because other kids where they might hesitate to get involved with something, Coda will just do the thing. And I feel like that's the kid who's going to really stand out on a soccer team, you know, five, six, seven, eight years old, who just really, really has that spirit to go for it all the time. So it could, yeah, like a lot of good things in his future in terms of just uh, just being so engaged all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely a good thing. And he's going to get bruises early so he's not going to be afraid of stuff i think i mean Mm -hmm. he's already had like two pretty good like bashes on his face and he's barely over a year yeah (laughs) impressive it's funny it's funny i get uh moe was talking to the daycare people and kind of telling them about the the cut on his lip and you know how it happened and whatever and they were like yeah kids here all the time get bloody lips just flat out like at the daycare like it's just because it's what they do (laughs) because they talk back that's right problem yeah it's all about that stick (laughs) yeah exactly uh well that's wild man i can't imagine um like the seeing the blood flow in that way that's totally crazy oh man it was yeah it was pretty pretty crazy to see like you don't know the fear until you see your kid bloodied <laughs> yeah i imagine Ooh, well um, um well i guess emma's doing a lot better yeah emma's still doing pretty good i guess she gained a lot of weight this week or at least from the last checkup um she gained about 500 grams which mm-hmm. puts her about eight eighteen hundred. 1800 mm-hmm. she's still i think within the threshold of like the normal range but mm-hmm. it was just a big jump for sudden week over week change yeah um yeah and what else um i get to go to one of the next not the next checkup but i think the one after that finally and Hmm. see the ultrasound in action because as you know covid is still a thing and they stop you from going in because i don't know at this point Man, it's we had um, a coworker who had a little medical trouble, and she was hospitalized for about a week, and um, nobody could get in uh, to oh, visit wow. her. It was crazy, man. It was like no babies involved, just a regular run of the mill, like you know somebody our age checking yeah. the hospital. And even her husband and um, some of her friends who went to visit her, you, you could call her. And she could look out her window and you could like wave from the parking lot and That's talk so to sad. her seeing her. But yeah, she was in there for a week with uh, no contact I and mean, maybe something minimal, but basically I don't, had to. Yeah. I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist guy. Like I'm not that guy at all, but at this point, like the nurses and the doctors go home, they have lunch and dinner mm-hmm. with families. They go out to restaurants. They're going out to Eon just the same as everybody else. And then going yeah. back to the hospital, what yeah. is the difference at this point? And I always thought that the COVID restriction, restrictions were generally because 
there wasn't a vaccine for a year or so. And then right. when a vaccine was unveiled, you had only limited numbers of it. And right. so still you need to keep everybody distant just to keep the, the disease from spreading too much. But now everybody's had a vaccine who wants one. And um, at a certain point, it's just like, well, we're kind of back to normal life now. Everybody's got some resistance built up. Yeah. Um, so I guess the hospitals are still leery. And I wonder if it's just classic, you know, Japan's always going to be a bit more conservative than average in their yeah. decision making. And then when you have a place like a medical care facility, they're going to be that much more conservative. So even by the Japanese standard, they're going to go pretty crazy with it. So, you know, give it another year and a half and maybe they'll start relaxing. I don't know. It's going to mm. be pretty wild, though. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's most of it. Um, yeah, so rest of the updates. Um, Moe was saying the placenta may have been too low last time, mm. but I guess it's fine. Also, her maternity leave starts in about two and a half weeks. Which is congratulations, crazy. dude. Yeah. That's so if that's so fast, <laughs> yeah, man. That's the sweet life that parental yeah. leave, that's yeah. What Enjoy you want. that year, yeah. I'll start mine. What am I going to start mine like first week of September? Mm. And then I'm basically just going to take the rest of the year off this time. Like, I think oh, last time awesome. what I did was uh. I broke it up more. I took like a month or a month and a half. And then I just took like two and three day weeks for a while. Mm -hmm. And that was okay. But this time I think I just want to power through and get the whole time. Yeah, that's good. The shoe's going to be on the other foot because you were definitely back to work before me last time. And uh, I was oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. living the free and easy life for a long time while you were hard at it again. But now yeah. you're you're going to have that free lifestyle and i will be jealous of it mm, free yeah i mean you'll be saddled with two babies so there is no freedom really but uh well her mom's coming in uh in a month about so that'll mm -hmm. be a big help and then daycare's still going on for coda so i think we'll be okay it'll be manageable this time yeah cool with all of us um what was i gonna say about coda um yeah we had a big uh we had a big get together last week that you guys missed out on actually with a whole oh, bunch of yeah. babies here yeah um monday the holiday what was that ocean day or something yeah was it was it uh mountain day or ocean day i think it was ocean day yes i mean oh, he... it was a nature specific day mm -hmm. yep and uh yeah so we had some people over and they had their babies over and uh yeah it was good you guys missed out yeah i uh, we went to my wife's grandmother's house way up the mountain and um, yeah th this was a fun trip because she needed some furniture uh replaced mm. because of the big earthquake that happened a month or two ago whenever that mm. was uh she had some old rickety furniture and it just kind of wobbled a bit too much and got a little off kilter so we thought let's get that old uh, kitchen cabinet out of there and replace it with another one so that Safe. meant yeah your uh old k truck that was then passed along to me i loaded that <laughs> up with furniture and drove it two and a half hours up a mountain with no ac 
on the hottest day of the year. I was going <laughs> to ask, say, dude, why? I thought you guys were getting AC put in there. We are uh, today, actually. So <laughs> it's, the truck is at the mechanics today. He found because of that trip. <laughs> it's always been in the cards and it just worked out that like he found a uh-huh. used one. You can slap in there. So, nice. um, yeah, I drove up and then not only did I deliver the one, but then I, you know, packed the old one into the truck and then had to take it to a recycling center and oh. then drive back. So the return trip was probably three, three and a half hours or something. Damn. It was simply wild going at highway speeds in the old rickety K truck and just sweating and sweating. That was my weekend away from your very fun, enjoyable party. Yeah, that I'm... You sent me a message that said, basically, like, pray for me. And then I didn't hear from you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's the thing is you. Did I not pray enough? (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing is you get up there and there's no cell reception at her house because it's so high up the mountain. So I arrived and then you lose contact with the world. Uh, I, I have my messages open now and I wrote to you. Just a moment. Okay, I wrote, about to take the truck two and a half hours up to Noto to drop some furniture at the grandmother's. I recommend Joe to replace me on the J-Pops after my death. All right. <laughs> but then uh, you had to call Joe back and tell him I survived a couple of days later. Well, he saw you at work probably, so. Oh, yeah, yeah, maybe. Got it right from the horse's mouth. That's right. Well, speaking of the hot, hot temperatures, we're going to talk summertime babies again. We did this last year. It's a yearly tradition here on the J-Pops. We just realized after we had planned this episode. But we should go over to Segment Machi. (laughs) Yokoso. Welcome to Segment Machi. Uh, here we are. I had a few summertime questions for you. Um, this is not a McQuiffy, so don't get it twisted, okay. listening audience. Okay. We're not there yet. But uh, just a few things I wanted to run by you because it's Japan. Things are not insulated. There's not central heat and air, and you have to navigate this world with your sweaty toddler. Right. So um, I was wondering, first of all, do you notice that your toddler sweats more than you and or your wife or is about the same or less? Or what do you notice there? Dude, he sweats all the time. It doesn't matter if the AC is on or not. Yeah. Like if he's in contact with another human being, his Hmm. head is sweaty. Yeah. I don't. Likewise, man, Nico is a sweaty beast. And yeah. It's to the point where I'm in the bedroom, got the AC going, and I think, okay, this is perfect. This is a perfect temperature. And you look at yeah. him, and his hair is just matted down with sweat, and there's a big yeah. like halo of sweat on the mattress. <laughs> it's insane. Um, it's got to so, be some kind of weird toddler like hormone balance thing going on. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, I read a little bit about it, and I mean, as you say, it's just like their bodies are different, and they're doing different things. And one thing is that they interact with temperature differently because uh, hmm. it's, it's strange, but it's just they have more of their bodies exposed to the outside world because their heads are gigantic in comparison to their bodies, right? That's true. So uh, for better or for worse, you know, like in the winter, he'll be colder because more of his surface area 
that we don't consider to be more because we just think, oh, his head's, you know, not right. covered or whatever. My head's not covered. It's the same difference. But for right. a toddler, that's like a significantly higher percentage of their bodies exposed. Mm-hmm. And so they'll be like more adversely affected by outside temperatures. But I think there's a lot more to it than that in terms of their, you know, like pores and sweat glands and stuff kind of still coming online. But um, that's that's one of the things I was reading about. So it's really hard to gauge and you do have to just watch the kid and then make the adjustments. You can't always go by, well, I right. feel fine, so everybody feels fine. Or I'm a little cold, so everybody's a little cold. You really just have to watch the kid and then react to that. You know, feel him, mm-hmm. see if he's cool, see if he's hot, see if he's sweating, and then yep. make your decisions. Yeah, that's a good call. Um, the next question I had was... Um, when you guys go outside, are you religiously putting on sunscreen every time? Or do you have kind of a sweet spot limit where you think like, yeah, you get five minutes of sun. That's no problem. Like, how do you act in that way? I'm not much of a sunscreen person in general. Uh-huh. So I almost never think about it. Mm-hmm. The only time I ever think about it is if I know I'm going to go on like a two hour bike ride. And yeah, it's going to be sunny. Mm-hmm. I think Moe thinks about it every time. Yeah. But I don't I think I don't know that she puts it on every time. I don't put it on every time. So if I'm taking him around or something, like in the stroller and we're walking the dog, it'll it'll just be like whatever. Mm-hmm. I take Nico to school every day on the bicycle, almost every day. And it's hot, you know, now we're in um, late July and uh, I'm kind of worried about it. But on the bike, it's at least breezy. So it's not like he's sitting there sweating. But for the sun, the thing is, when I ride to his daycare, I'm riding into the the rising sun the whole time. And he sits behind me on the bike. So as I look back, he's totally covered in my shadow for the entire Mm. ride to the daycare. Um, Mm. And so I literally just, he doesn't catch sun because he's just sitting there or maybe just for a few seconds. So I don't worry about it. But if we were going the opposite direction and he were catching right. the sun, for example, then uh, I would slather him up with the sunscreen. And I do, uh, if we're going out somewhere, I'm pretty uh, intent on getting him covered in sunscreen. I actually <clears throat> looked this up in What to Expect the Second Year by Heidi Murkoff. Uh, the What to Expect series was a staple of the J-Pops early on, but then we became parents and realized we don't need this anymore. We just started winging it. We're professionals but now. We're total pros, <laughs> but I, I do occasionally dip back in, and now I'm in the second year book. Uh, there on page 48 <clears throat> and onto page 49, there's a section called Screening Out the Sun. And uh, I'll just give a few pieces of advice listed here. It says, um, be sunscreen savvy. So Mm. you should buy what's called broad spectrum sunscreen. It means it gets both ultraviolet B and ultraviolet A rays, UVB, UVA, uh, broad spectrum. So that's something you can do if you're looking for sunscreen. Next, um, there are spray sunscreens and there are cream lotion-y sunscreens. And I've never the, seen a spray here. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I have either, actually. But theoretically, in the world, there are sprays. I Somewhere. guess in the U.S., I've seen a spray. But uh, the lotions are obviously better. They're just thicker, and they give you, mm. a, you know, they're more effective. 
But right. there's an interesting point raised in the book that says it should sometimes be about ease of application. Like if your kid hates putting right. on sunscreen and then is going to like wrestle you and fight and cry and run away before you can get it all on, then you might as well switch to the spray if it's faster and you can spritz them down. Uh, you know, so right. like work within your reality, like however the kid's reacting to it. Uh, but of course, preferably you should get whatever kind of lotion or cream. Uh, be sure it's non-irritating, so test it out. If it's a new sunscreen, test it out in a little patch of your baby's skin to make sure they don't have an adverse reaction. And mm. go for high SPF. According mm. to this book, this is something I learned. Um, you know how it says like SPF 30 or SPF 50 or whatever? Yeah. Uh, I never knew what that meant, but this says... Um, choose an SPF of at least 30, which theoretically allows a user to remain in the sun 30 times longer before burning than would be possible without protection. So is yeah, that what the number means? It's, it's just a factor of time. Interesting. So but that also doesn't time... take into account like your sweat yeah. or like rubbing off just in friction, like clothing or whatever. Yeah. So, and then it does wear down. So you're not getting like the full protection the whole time. Yeah. It's a really confusing system they have set up. <laughs> yeah, very true. Uh, and speaking of that, uh, the, the sweat and everything, um, it says here that you should ideally put on sunscreen 15 to 30 minutes before the kid goes out because oh, really? the, it says that the skin absorbs it. And it huh. takes about that long to like fully set in and absorb. And then you're getting maximum protection. But if you slap it on and then go right out, it's good, but it's not as good as if you had done it 15 to 30 minutes well, before. I mean, it off. depends on the thickness of the layer. Like I'm putting it on. So it's just like a sheet of white paper coming out the exactly. door. <laughs> yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like I've shellacked my child and he's That's essentially right. in a, in a body cast. He's now uh, Wajima Lacquerware walking. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, I prefer to pronounce it Wajima, but that's just me. Uh, so it's, it, yeah, they say do it a bit earlier. And then as you're saying, like if you just layer it on the kid and then he jumps right in a pool, of course it has a higher chance of washing off. But if you did it mm. 30 minutes before and it's it like, you know, absorbs into him a little bit, gets into the pores, then he has a better chance of it staying. So there are a lot of variables. But it's a little bit of a, you know, use common sense and do it a bit early and use the cream and, and do the best you can. Uh, there's a bunch of other things that are just um, a, a little bit yeah. common sense too, like uh, protect you around because you can get sunburn in the winter if you're in direct sunlight. Um, mm. You know, find shade uh, and cover up with some sort of, you know, right. umbrella or a, a cover that's typically on a, a stroller or a car seat. Um something that I never thought of, it says, beware of glare. So like mm. you may have an umbrella protecting you from the sun, but then sun can bounce off like really bright sand that's all oh, around yeah. you. And uh, this you happens, can actually, this mm. happens every winter to me when I go snowboarding. Oh, really? Ah, yeah, yeah. They said, yeah, the snow as well. It's obviously going to yeah. reflect a lot of those rays. I started covering my face a few years ago because like one day I was snowboarding and I got like a terrible like the sunglass tan on my face yeah and i was yeah. like what the hell it's like zero degrees out here <laughs> and like yeah yeah but 
yeah, it bounces off the snow and then hits you and it's the same intensity basically. Yeah. I went to a um a thing in Washington DC. It was on the National Mall. This was in uh like it was October thirty first, two thousand ten. That was the date. Uh <laughs> and uh I was there and we were watching this stage and it was, yeah, October, you know, like right there in fall mm. is pretty cold out. But the sun was such, we're in the Northern Hemisphere, obviously. And the sun sort of like rose to my left and then went through the sky and then was setting to my left. I was out there for hours. And then I got the perfect <laughs> sunburn on exactly half of my face. Just the left half oh, was all great. sunburned and horrible. And the right was uh, an ivory, delicate white. So... <laughs> Slightly embarrassing, but um, yeah, that can happen in the even in the dead of fall. Did anybody call you Two Face? <laughs> no, uh, luckily no, I was there with a few people. Yeah, <laughs> I was there with a couple friends, and we were all in the same boat with the half sunburn. Oh, okay. uh, we all looked equally ludicrous. Nice, but anyway, it can happen all seasons. So yeah. I was just wondering how you treat that if you worry a lot. Um, there's been a lot of research out about this. I don't have it at my fingertips right now, but I remember in the last few years reading about um, they were doing a study in Australia where obviously um, hmm. sun is a, is a big intense. issue. Yeah, very hot and everybody's surfing 24-7 and hmm. uh, they're wearing budgie smugglers. So it's just full body sunburns <laughs> constantly on those poor, poor Australians. And um, the the thrust of the research was looking at um, later, like later in life, having instances of melanoma or skin cancer, and then comparing that to like an estimate of like how many sunburns have you had in your life? Mm. And they found that uh, it was some ludicrously low number. Like the, if as a child, if you've had one or two sunburns, then it drastically increases your chances of having skin cancer later in life. Like just really? a, sing, a single sunburn can sort of scramble, uh, you know, whatever. I, I don't want to like say something untrue here, but I assume like, you know, sure. it creates a mole or something that then later becomes malignant. And hmm. uh, as I was reading the uh, uh, what to expect in the second year, uh, they said something similar that childhood sunburns like heavily increase the chance Dude, of skin cancer later in life. We grew up in the eighties. We were burned like every other day. Yeah, and it was like uh, you got a good healthy sunburn there, boy, and then they'd slap you on the back. You know, it was like yeah. nothing at all. But um, it is just <laughs> directly correlated to instances of skin cancer. So, day, you know, <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, that's wise, like you said. Of it's wise of Moe to then be caring about it all the time because, yeah. you know, you don't want to get them too much sun. And of course you need like... some sunlight for vitamin D, but um, you mm. don't want to go overboard at all. They say there's no such thing as a healthy tan. That's probably the rule to live by. I think in Japan, they're much more conscious of this and, and concerned about this than we are in America. Yeah. And maybe other Western countries. Like, I mean, people will actively go out to tan in america mm -hmm. whereas oh yeah you will see on a mildly sunny day the obachan fully clothed not an inch of skin exposed yeah and yeah, yeah so there's a there's a drastic difference in how they view the sun absolutely um i mean you'll see all ages of people will wear like those um sort of like 
I would call them driving gloves, but they go up to yeah. the elbow or something. And it's yeah. just because when you're driving, you know, your forearms are exposed to the, the sunlight that way. Right. Um, you'll see people carrying parasols. I've noticed this for years and years. I teach at a college and I see hundreds of like teenagers every week. And even in summer, it's incredibly rare to see shorts, like a yeah. kid just wearing shorts at the college campus. Yeah. And that would be like, you know, basically March until October in the US, you would all every kid would be in shorts, yeah. no question. But here it's um it's somewhat of a rarity. So I think it's all about skin protection ultimately. Yeah, it is weird. I don't really get it. The other I went to the library in Kanazawa like two weeks ago now, maybe a week ago. Mm -hmm. And uh on the way there, like you you pass a bunch of people on the streets and it's kind of tourist season. So there's a bunch of foreigners out <clears throat> and you can tell because they're all in shorts mm -hmm. versus the Japanese, like maybe tourists or people who live here and they're all covered completely. So it's, it's, there's a real distinction between who's who just based on the clothing we're wearing this type of year. Yeah, for sure. I wonder how that ever caught on because I mean, here where we live in the Hokuriku region, that you know we've got precipitation more than 50 percent of the days of the year and yeah. so it's not like i mean you will have hot sunny days sometimes but it's not like they're getting year-round like skin damage from the sun but I, they're playing it safe all the time they are they are i'm not <laughs> yeah i i don't as much um i i mean i just stay inside naturally so it's not a problem yeah uh, so another question about the summertime care. What do you right. do in the night? Uh, I guess you guys have an air conditioner in your bedroom. All three of you are sleeping in the same bedroom. So you just blast that AC all night long. Yeah. I mean, we're kind of in an AC all the time, time of year. Mm -hmm. um, when we go upstairs, we have a timer set. So by the time we get upstairs, the AC is already on and the room's nice and comfortable. Uh, mm -hmm. The main living room area, we have an AC that I don't turn on during the day because I'm usually in the office, but in the office, I'll have the AC on like I do mm -hmm. right now. Uh, and then in the evening when we all migrate into the living room, then we'll put the AC on in there. And so mm -hmm. the ACs follow us around the house, but we don't have them on continuously. Yeah. So then does that create any issues like dry air or like any kind of, I don't know, nasal problems or anything when you sleep all night with the AC on? For I think for it the did baby? in the beginning. Yeah, I think mm -hmm. it did like the start of the season because we probably started doing that mid-June, I think is when it started getting kind of uncomfortable here to sleep. Mm -hmm. uh, but now I think we're all pretty adjusted to it. Do you guys? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, we, um, I've noticed in myself like a little very slight congestion or just your throat dries out or you don't feel comfortable when you wake up like sort of mm. throat and nasal cavity wise when you leave the AC on all night. Yeah. Uh, so, but there's nothing you can really do about it. Uh, I mean, you just, right. it's one of those things, I guess you just have to fight through until 50 years from now when like gentle central heat and air catches up. In this country or some type of <laughs> passive cooling or something i don't know they'll look into new techniques in about half a century i'm sure You're like oh dear god uh, please <laughs> yeah yeah 
when the population gets so low at this critical limit and they just need to entice people to move to this country. They'll be like, we, right. we finally are going to have good houses. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> but are you and your wife in a constant battle over the proper temperature? Uh, I wouldn't say a constant battle. Occasionally there's a battle going on at mm -hmm. night. Like, I think some people would think we're crazy for this. Like I've talked to a couple of the friends who have like extreme AC settings, but we're, we're pretty even. I think we, we, we set it at 25 degrees when we go to bed hmm. and then that seems to be a nice temperature, but then occasionally Moe will get cold and then she'll turn it up to 26. At which mm -hmm. point I will wake up sweaty sometimes and I'll be <laughs> yeah. like, did you change the AC? And then she'll be like, oh. and then she'll turn it down again. <laughs> but that's about it. That's the uh, the extent of the disagreements we have. It's like usually yeah. one degree. Yeah, <laughs> you we guys... walk that we walk that fine line as well. Like a one degree difference is like somebody's just laying yeah. in a puddle of sweat, and the other person's fine. It's ridiculous, but. Um, there was something that went around. Do you remember last summer there was that school, I think in Osaka and all those kids got some version of heat stroke and they took oh, like a yeah. whole elementary school class to the hospital because of a sports day or something like that. Yeah. Um, every summer. Yeah. They, uh, it's a rite of passage really. It's like a sunburn in the United States, but they, uh, I think that really locked in this idea in Japan of, uh, kids are, like there's too much cushy treatment of kids. They spend too much time in the AC and then you put them outside for a sports day and they can't hack it. They get heat stroke and you have to take them to the hospital. But you think they went the other way with that? Uh, yeah, I think there's been some kind of like counterintuitive thing that was taken from that. Um, and I, I think that that's what's, uh, that's kind of the common wisdom that's caught on now. Oh and uh, <clears throat> well, I, because of that, I've been looking into it and I've been trying to research as best I can. Like, is there any benefit to just making somebody be sweaty like a child so that right. then they build up their resolve or they build up their ability to handle it? And um, I can't find anything that says that. Uh, right. But I think it's caught on as kind of like a common wisdom. Once that happened, it was kind of I mean, it was maybe like a, these kids today their life's too easy and they can't even play outside anymore. It was like that kind of I mean, it's not, I mean, sure. I think anybody who's exposed to a certain climate over time will acclimate to that climate. Yeah. But when you put things in like extreme heat and sun, that's going to like <clears throat> exacerbate whatever's going on. And then you have these active kids who probably aren't getting enough water because they're kids and they're idiots. Yeah. So, you have all of this happening. Of course, they're going to get dehydrated. Yeah. And you also, I mean, if this were true, you would just see a rash of like anyone from a Scandinavian country travels to Spain right. and then they have mass die offs or, or mass like <laughs> right. hospitalizations of like, oh, we lost another busload of Norwegians yeah. because they went to the Mediterranean. It was 10 like, degrees hotter. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, there would be like people from cold climates who would just die in hot climates because their body couldn't regulate. But you that doesn't happen. And I think, you know, people might complain and say like, oh, it's hot down here. or Oh, it's cold up north. But it's right. just um, it's not like detrimental to the health. So in the end, I am 
kind of disagreeing with the sense of um, we need to like build this resiliency into our kids via right. torturing them with hot temperatures and making them sweat all the time. Also yeah. because it's like, I would need some very firm parameters like, okay, 45 minutes a day of sweating. Is that enough? What about an hour? What about an hour 15? You got to give me an exact number because kids are running around and sweating anyway. So they're, you know, exercising their pores. And then what does it matter if you make them sweat for an additional 30 minutes or hour, whatever. Uh, So I think that it's like a highly, you know, granular question that is just not, it's never answered at that level. And um, it really, uh, I think I'm coming down on the side of like, just stay comfortable because yeah. everything well, will be fine in the end. I mean, there's a lot that goes along with just being comfortable too. Like if you're overheated, like you're not thinking clearly, you can't perform as well. You can't do like normal functions as well yeah. as yeah. when you're just in a normal temperature that your body's comfortable in, you're able to yeah. function properly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's interesting too. Like, I noticed this recently with Coda and his drinking habits. Like you Mm -hmm. just don't think about it if you're not the person who's thirsty. Yeah. I think as teachers and like maybe superiors or whatever is happening in these schools, you don't think about how dehydrated somebody can get because you see yourself as hydrated and you can't put put yourself in their shoes that way. Yeah. Um, And that's a lot of the issue too. Like these people aren't running around outside in the heat, in the sun, dehydrated Mm -hmm. and experiencing that. So they can't understand it. Yeah, for sure. And you're, you know, I'm outside too, but you're standing on the sideline with a clipboard, like in the dugout or something. And then the kids are running in the dirt field for an hour. So yeah, you think you're in their shoes, but you're totally not. No, definitely not. Um, so yeah that's something that's been on my mind recently additionally as you say like um you know if you overheat it's not doing you a lot of favors also if it's something like say during your nap time or when you're sleeping and you're overheated Mm. then you're not sleeping through the night properly like waking up sweaty and not getting a good night's rest and there must be something to be said for like you know having the child have enough you know actual sleep time for you know, not only for the next day, but just general brain development and that sort of stuff. So you don't want to have them go through a whole season just tossing and turning in heat if you can help. You're just just adding things to my list of reasons to homeschool. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to be one of those guys. Uh, Maybe. (laughs) All right. Well, that's pretty much all I wanted to cover in this segmentopia. Mm. and if you're ready to, we can japati it right up. Welcome to the japati. Come on in, the water's fine. Japati today is a word that we've touched on in English already in this very episode. And hmm. in Japanese, it's yochi yochi aruki. Yochi you yochi didn't say aruki. that already. I didn't say that at all, but you didn't touch anywhere near that word. (laughs) I said said the loose English translation, which is toddling or a toddle. Uh, So aruki, you know how classically in Japanese, you take a verb like Mm. aruku, which means to walk. 
and then you change that u ending, put an e at the end, and it becomes a noun. So aruki means like walking, basically. Uh, mm. Then yochi yochi has a real vibe of like uh, unsteady walking, toddling, basically. So you could even just say yochi yochi as a word to mean kind of toddling, but also yochi yochi aruki is walking around in a toddly fashion. This is one of those cases where the English is definitely more succinct. Yeah, English has taken care of it in six letters. Yeah. Um, Japanese Seven. is a uh, polysyllabic here. Yochiochiaruki. Yep. And um, it's cute, though. It's one of those Japanese things where yochiochi is meant to carry like the feeling of mm. oh, unsteady walking, I believe. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, that kind of language. And toddle, yeah, I, I like the word toddle. I like that it works for kids and drunks because they're basically <laughs> doing the same thing. It's the only two classes of people you can use that with. <laughs> Do we use that with drunks? Uh, I would say I so, like, yeah. I feel like we use a different word, don't we? Um, I've been losing be. my English lately, by the way. Yeah. Like, I feel like every day I'm like, what is that word? Yeah, it's funny because you gain no Japanese, and get, yet you yeah. lose your English. I haven't replaced anything. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, I maybe it's a little bit infantilizing or something, but yeah, he got totally wasted and then toddled back home. That sounds right to me. Okay, I'll believe you. All right, well, let's go to McQuiffy Town. <laughs> I don't know. They're all towns now. Okay. Room? Me, McQuiffyheya. Yeah, we're in McQuiffyheya. Welcome, everybody, to McQuiffyheya. This is a sort of cascading series of questions that I have for you. Um, to okay. preface them, as I'm wont to do, I will tell you that I got my first tattoo at the tender age of 17. That's right. Oh, nice. I nice. was in high school, and you have to be 18 to get a tattoo, but mm. if your parents sign off, you can get one younger than 18. And uh, I was 17, but I wanted a tattoo. I had an idea, and my parents didn't care at all, so my mom actually went with me <laughs> to the uh, tattoo parlor. She signed the paperwork, and then she left, and I stayed, and I got my first tattoo. And very nice. proudly went went back to high school with the tattoo. Nice. Uh, so um, this is often sprung to mind. And we're in the Japanese context now where tattoos are still quite taboo and mm. actually make certain things in life off limits to you, like perhaps joining a sports gym, going to an onsen, anywhere where you have to disrobe in a locker room kind of setting. Uh, right. They're highly biased and prejudiced, I would say, against tattoos. Uh, it's illogical, mm. and um, hopefully it'll be a thing of the past soon, but uh, it's a reality. So right. my question for you is, Coda, much like me to my mother, Coda comes to you at 17 and says, I've got a tattoo idea. I really want it. I think it's cool. And you think it's cool and it looks good and it's modest and it's like somewhere that's concealable with a t-shirt, whatever. Mm. And he says, I want to get this tattoo. What do you do as the parent? Assuming that the Japanese rules are the same, that you got to be 18. Maybe you got to be 20. I don't know. But let's say you're, he's one year shy yeah. of being old enough. 
I was just wondering what the age limit for tattoos, if there even is one. Mm. I mean, it's just like, are you a person? No tattoo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably too taboo. It's a tattoo taboo. It's probably too yeah. taboo to have ever been legislated. Like, well, no one's getting tattoos, so we don't need yeah. this for it. We don't need to uh, think about this. Let's but nap. let's say, yeah, for the, for the sake of argument, <laughs> let's just imagine that it's 18 and he comes to you at 17 and he's still in high school and he wants a tattoo, but it's in Japan. Um, what are you going to say? Well, I say let's go for it, but I also have to think about Moe here. So, yeah, I mean, I can't just like take him down by myself and then come back home and be like, hey, we got a <laughs> tattoo. Check it out. What we got. Yeah. Yeah. We'd both be probably kicked out. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't really care. I got mine, my first one on my 18th birthday only because my parents were so against it. I couldn't have gotten approval before then. Mm. Mm -hmm. But I don't personally care. I'd get him one. Yeah, I mean, not any time, but definitely in his teens when he wants one. It's up to Moe, yeah. I think, as the ultimate decider of that. Yeah, <clears throat> that's an instance where one parent could be highly against it and one parent doesn't care and then you kind of have to default to the yeah i don't think moe is against parents. i mean obviously not she married me i've got a bunch of tattoos so i don't mm -hmm. think she's against it but she might she might want him to wait till he's a little older or maybe out of high school i don't know she'll let yeah. me know when she listens to this yeah <laughs> yeah uh, i'd be interested to hear what um my wife has to say about it as well uh it hasn't really come up as a as a topic, but okay. So next question, though, I, I would also generally be fine. I would all I would have the conversation and say like, well, you know what you're getting into in Japan, right? You're probably going to be banned yeah, from yeah. onsen. You're going to have to cover it up and worry about it at sports gyms. It's a big pain. But it well, is at cool. this point, he would he would have seen you go through all of that, so he would have a very yeah. clear understanding of how this prevents you from doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, Nico's already familiar with tattoos because, like, we'll take a shower together. And then he started, like, touching my tattoos. And oh, yeah, dude. Koda does the same thing. To he'll, like, yeah. he'll trace it with his fingers. Yeah. And then yeah. Nico, because he repeats everything, months ago, I would say, like, yeah, that's a tattoo. And he would say, tattoo, tattoo. So he can just fire <laughs> off the word tattoo. It was, like, among his first oh. 10 or 15 words that he could say. So nice. he's, like so well acquainted and i would be fine uh with his you know modest tattoo so to up the ante a little bit uh okay this is a kind of an easy one emma i assume you're forward thinking enough that there's no differentiation between coda wanting a tattoo at 17 and emma wanting a tattoo at 17 yeah i don't care okay next question uh now the tattoo is larger and it's on the forearm He's essentially jumping in with like a sleeve or something. He wants it as his first tattoo, still in high school. What do you do? Oh, I was kind of imagining that with the previous question. So okay, I, so I still really don't fine. care. <laughs> All right. Okay. I've, Up in my mind, answer. you get a tattoo that everybody else can see. <laughs> yeah yeah i've still never done that i've gotten several tattoos but they're all like Your, yours can be hidden pretty well i didn't know you had tattoos yeah. for a while 
Oh yeah, yeah. I keep a low profile with them, but um, I've got them here and there, hither and yon. But they're all some. It's like t-shirt and shorts. I'm good. Yeah. Um, and next, neck tattoo. Code is like I found a badass thing. I want to get it right here on my neck, like I'm an NBA player. Uh, what do you say about that? Um. Hmm, that is a good question. That is definitely next level, like arms off kind of question. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I think it would depend quite a bit on the tattoo, where exactly he wanted it, why it, he wanted it. I mean, yeah, it depends on his age. So if he just wants it and he's old enough, he goes and gets it. That's yeah, that. that's true. But yeah. <clears throat> but if he's not, then he's asking, then we need to mm -hmm. talk about it. Yeah, that for me, that would take a huge amount of persuading. I mean, even if some like if you came to me as an adult man and said, <laughs> I want to get this neck tattoo, it would take a lot to persuade me to be fine with it. And uh, I, I have no sway over your life at all, but I would still. But dude, but dude, it's the J-Pops logo. It's, it's the, the J-Pops logo. <laughs> Yeah, well, in that, okay, you've swayed me. You've definitely swayed okay, me. Okay, now we can both um, get it. Yeah, now I'm <laughs> hard-pressed to think of a reason not to get it. That sounds awesome. Um, that that would be the thing. I had a friend in high school, uh, Roger, and I think, well, he was probably college age. Say he was around 20 or whatever, and he got on his neck. And I'm talking about, it's strange, but usually think of a neck tattoo as on the side. He got it on the front of his neck. <laughs> Which is like Ow. a weird place. Or it's like right on the Adam's apple right there. Ow. And what did he get tattooed there? He got six, six, six. <laughs> it's oh, the man. most Yeah, it's the most hardcore, intense tattoo that I've ever seen on a human being. Just six, six, six right across his neck, just front <laughs> and center. And it's like it's not like a line, it's not a simple like I just squiggled it on there. It's like a you know, hefty font, like a big wow. six six six. Just and, rolling uh, through the Bible Belt with that on exactly, you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, I've never respected a person more than I respected Roger <laughs> for his bold choice in tattoo. Uh, oh, but man. then I asked him about it. We worked together later in life. Um, well, he, he's early, still early 20s. And he was like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have got that. <laughs> but um, yeah <laughs> anyway that's a little bit regrettable so in that case you do want a parent to maybe like not just a strict parent enforcing rules willy-nilly but you want somebody to step in as a voice of reason and give you some yeah. pointers like don't yeah. get your 666 tattoo on your neck although i think, if, I think he, if, if he comes to me and he wants a 666 on his neck mm -hmm. like something so drastic like that then i think our next steps would be book plane tickets to America, go to a prison or a gang center where somebody has that tattoo and regrets it in life, and then he can mm -hmm. talk to them. Yeah, I'll just... Because uh, whatever I'm going to say to him isn't going to do anything, but that guy, that guy will persuade him. Yeah, yeah. I'll just put you in contact with Raj. I can get yeah. Raj on the horn and uh, have him talk to you about it. Yeah, save me and a flight. <laughs> yeah, as much it's weird. I've got one foot in each camp because as like as insane as it is, and as much as I would never want it, and as much as I would never want Nico to like approach me wanting it, it's just the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> like, just the <laughs> balls to get it. It's so impressive. But that's coming but, from Kentucky, though, where it's yeah. like heavily religious and 
if you get that in Japan, people are like, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. Is that your area code? We don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, that uh, I, I could push it further, but I don't want, you know, like face tattoos and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah then That's you just insane. start getting into, yeah, you're doing like cosmetic stuff at that point, And it's like, yeah. I don't know. So anyway, I was just curious to see where you fell on that. And I'll be curious to hear the follow-up from Moe and from my own wife. Yeah, that'll be interesting. All right. Well, dad jokes it is then. All righty. I got two. I have three. I will do the honors. Um, how do fish get high? Hmm. I don't know. Something about puffing. I don't know. Seaweed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nice. Uh, it's right there. It's all over. No, it's, right, it's right there. Okay. Uh, why did the Mexican take a Xanax? Uh, I mean, like something about a siesta. I don't know. Why? Hispanic attacks. <laughs> okay. Hispanic uh, attacks. Yeah, oh, that's good. That's a terrible right. one. I should have yeah. said that. <laughs> This next one, this is a Norm McDonald one. Shout out to Brian and Fukuoka. Uh, this <laughs> was told by Norm's son, Dylan, on the Norm podcast. And I think it's actually a dad joke, even though it was told hmm. by his son. It goes, uh, I'm on a seafood diet. I see food, and if it's fish, I eat it. <laughs> <laughs> it's an anti-dad joke. Oh man. It's meta. <laughs> he broke the other one. Right. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Uh why did the AI break up with its robot partner? Mm, I don't know why. It couldn't handle the commitment to a binary relationship. Mm, okay, okay. That's good. Mm. Very good. Next. Uh, a guy walks into a bar and is immediately disqualified from the limbo contest. Yep. <laughs> As he should I like be. That. <laughs> yeah. That's just a statement of fact. Yeah. It's like, it takes the other joke. Uh, guy walks into a bar, ouch, to the next yeah. level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little more context. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Like it. Good way to end. Well, thank you for listening. We hope this week's episode was informative and interesting. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us either on Twitter at JPops Podcast or by email at info at the Talk to you next time. Tattoo time.